The Mount of Transfiguration is a well-known story to Christians. But on that mountain is a further verifying of the identity of Jesus Christ by none other than the Father, as he declares, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Today on Walk in Truth Radio. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. In the book of Malachi, remember Malachi was the last book of the Old Testament, and it was the last words being spoken to the people of Israel before John the Baptist came on the scene. Uh, Why don't you turn back there, right before the book of Matthew, Malachi chapter 4, and follow along with me here. Malachi chapter 4. Starting in verse 1, it says this, For I behold the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evil doer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Verse 2, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves, from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. And you can imagine what, what the people of Israel thought when they read this. But here's the key verses here. Verse 4 Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. And then he says, verse five, behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Notice Moses and Elijah. This is, this is a pairing that takes place oftentimes. And if you look down into Mark in in, in chapter 9 that we're studying and looking into verses 10 and 13, you're going to see that there is no doubt that one of these prophets that comes in Revelation is Elijah. So I believe Moses and Elijah. Now, I'm I'm not going to, you know, bank everything on that. And there are people who may believe something different, but I think it makes a really good case for that. And it's uh, interesting to study and look at that. And as we mentioned earlier, Luke Let us in on what the three of these men were talking about. They were talking about Jesus' departure from the earth. Now, again, we're trying to dig in. We're investigating the transfiguration here, and I want you to picture yourself in that place. Can you imagine what this conversation must have been like? And, and I don't really like to speculate often on things that aren't specifically stated in the Bible, but I can't help but think that Jesus was explaining the whole plan of salvation to Moses and Elijah. Why do I believe that? Because it says, Luke said that he was explaining what he was about to accomplish. And what was he about to accomplish? He was about to accomplish salvation for you and for me and for Moses and for Elijah and for everyone who ever comes to faith in the Messiah. And I want you to think about this for a second. Think of how that must all come together for Moses and Elijah. Think of Moses going, 
oh, man, you mean all these things you did through me. It was a picture of what was going to take place. Oh, now I understand. When I struck the rock when I was only supposed to speak to it, now I get the picture that I messed up. Elijah, now I see why it was so important for me to take a stand for you, God, that there was no other God. There was no other gods to be put before you. Can you imagine the, the things that they, they did and the things that they wrote about all of a sudden came together in an, in, in an unimaginable way to where they understood the whole plan of salvation. I don't think that they understood that when they were speaking and writing at that time. And I think now it came together for them. What an awesome conversation that must have been. Well, let's take a look now, and let's see what happens next. Verse 5. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to answer. Of course, it doesn't say anybody asked him anything. But he did not know what to answer, for they became terrified. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son, listen to him. Verse 8, all at once they looked around, and they saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone. Well, again, as we're investigating this, we want to we find out everything we can. So if you'd flip over to Luke, flip over to Luke chapter 9. The parallel account of this in Luke. Luke chapter 9, verses 32 through 36. We're going to get some more detail that's really important to understanding what took place here. Luke 9, 32. It says, Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as these were leaving him, the two men, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud formed began to overshadow them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. Well, you can see now why they were startled and, and why they were frightened. I mean, picture how it is. Have you ever been, I mean, I, I love to do this. You know, I, I take naps. Yes, I do. I take naps. And you know, you ever been, I, actually, I sleep better in a nap than I ever do at nighttime. Any of you guys, do I get an amen in any of that? Yeah, those naps, boy, those are good, a 15-minute nap. But if something happens... When you're in the middle of that nap, if there's a loud noise or something happens, what happens to you? <laughs> you know, the whole, you, you know, you're breathing heavy, and it's like, so you can imagine. They were startled, and they were frightened, and then what did they see in front of them? I think we can gloss over this, and they're seeing Jesus, but he's in this different form, and they're seeing Moses and Elijah, so they were startled, and they were frightened, and Peter... In typical Peter fashion, by the way, Peter is the Bible character I relate to most. And those of you that are like me that have foot and mouth disease understand this. Um, Peter, in typical fashion, just reacted. Now, we tend to think of this as, 
You know, the whole purpose of this last statement here, listen to him, is, is just God rebuking Peter for speaking when he shouldn't have. And I think that that's very true. I think God is doing that, as Jesus did earlier when Peter spoke out of turn. Uh, he got rebuked. And the common theme is that Peter is rebuked for speaking out of turn. He should have remained quiet. And then so the typical application that you hear is, okay, that's for us. We should speak less and let Jesus speak more. Amen? Amen. And that's true. That's a good thought. And that, that's all completely true. We should do that. But, you know, I think we have to look at this a little bit differently. You know, Peter's intentions were not bad here. Think about it. He wakes up. He sees what's going on, the glory of Jesus, Moses and Elijah there, and he probably starts thinking in this foggy brain, startled state that he's in, maybe I misunderstood what Jesus told us earlier about leaving and departing. Maybe I got something wrong. You know, that tends to happen when you wake suddenly from sleep and see something miraculous happening. So Peter's thinking quickly, and he's thinking well, let's build some shelters. I, I see that they're about to leave. Wait, wait, wait. Stay here. Moses, Elijah, Jesus. I'm going to make these tabernacles for you. And of course, again, we, it makes us think of the Feast of Tabernacles and these shelters that were built. And so he's just saying, well, you know, let's make these shelters. Now, everybody says, well, he just wanted to hang out with them. Well, he didn't say anything about making a shelter for him or the other disciples, did he? I'm not sure that's what he was thinking. I think he was just saying, look, the kingdom is, is here now. Let's keep these guys here. Let's make these shelters for them. Well, no matter what Peter was thinking, he did something wrong. He did something unwittingly because he was placing Moses and Elijah basically on the same plane with Jesus. And you see, part of this whole event was to teach us that that was not the case. So he needed to be corrected, and God needed to remind him to listen and pay more attention to what Jesus says. He needed to pay more attention to the man who he called master. Remember, Jesus said he spoke plainly. That's what the Bible tells us when he told him about his Departure. He had spoken plainly. You know, Jesus, in his usual patient manner, once again explained to his disciples uh, right before the crucifixion what was going to take place in John 14, 2 through 4. John 14, 2 through 4. You might want to write that down. He said, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so... I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. But we need to look at this event now, and we need to understand that there's a lot more than just the three disciples being prepared for what was going to take place, even though that was part of it. You see, God's using this event to show us the supremacy of Jesus Christ and why we need to listen to him. It shows that, that he's the fulfillment of both the law and the prophets. In fact, in order for us to understand the law, we need to listen to what Jesus said. 
We cannot understand the law apart from what Jesus said. And in fact, the law was oftentimes misunderstood before it was explained by Jesus. And we need to hear Jesus if we want to comprehend what the prophets spoke. Why? Because as Jesus said, it's all about him. In John 5, 39 through 40, Jesus was rebuking the hypocritical Pharisees and he said this to him, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify of me. Do you want to be able to defend your faith, what you believe in, why you believe it? We've tackled subjects like Jehovah's Witnesses, the origins of Christmas. In honor of the 500th year of the Reformation, we did two-part message on sola scriptura. Is the Bible alone sufficient? Is it our highest authority? Scientology, intriguing topics that are available on the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. There'll be more to come, more exciting things to come. You see, they refuse to listen to Jesus, and therefore they did not understand the law, and they did not understand the prophets. He's showing the three disciples here that all of Scripture, all that they have read in the past, all that they have heard in the past, needs to be filtered through his life and through his works and through his words. Our understanding of God cannot be explained apart from the life and the words of Jesus. Have you heard people that say, I believe in God, but I don't know about this Jesus guy? Have you ever heard that? I don't know about this born-again stuff. I don't know about Jesus. Without Jesus, you cannot understand God. Jesus said, why do you say to me, show me the Father? He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And I don't believe that God is just singling out Peter in this rebuke, and I don't think he's singling out Peter when he says, listen to him. But he's also telling us, listen to Jesus. Listen to my beloved son. Now, is it possible, too, that God right here is bringing them back to what was said earlier in Mark 8? You remember a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Michael was teaching in Mark 8, right? And in that particular chapter, Jesus said to them, look, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must pick up the cross. And I'm saying the cross. He said your cross. But as Pastor Michael explained to you, it's the cross. You must pick up that cross and follow Jesus. You see, he's telling us that we have to lose our own selfish desires for the cause of Christ. But he also said that when we do that, we then thereby will find true life. Are you and I hearing those words today? Are we listening closely? You know, I know you know this, but I think in America, it's, it's really hard to listen closely to anything, isn't it? We have so many distractions, so many distractions. It's hard for us to listen closely to anything. How do we know that? Well, you've tried to talk to your kids, and they're doing this. You're going, hello, I'm talking to you. Right? They're distracted. We're distracted by so many worldly things, music and television and movies and, and Disneyland and wherever. We're easily distracted, and because 
We live in an affluent society. We're even more distracted because we have the ability to go and do things and be distracted. And I'm not saying any of those things in their, themselves are, are wrong. I know some of you when I were doing this going, yeah, yeah, that's wrong. Okay, but not in itself wrong. But it's so easy for us to not really hear what Jesus is saying to you and, and to me. A similar thought to this is contained in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Jesus said this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, we can get distracted by the things of the world, but Jesus said if we want to call ourselves followers of Christ, if we want to call ourselves disciples, we need to listen first to what the requirements are to deny ourselves and to pick up that cross and follow him. That's the requirements to being a disciple. Are we heeding that call today? Are we listening to what Jesus said? And he told us, you know, it's really fruitless to live any other way. Do we hear that? You know, when you think about it, this event proves that what Jesus said is true. That if we lose our lives for his sake, we actually find life. And those of you that are in here that have been walking with the Lord for a long time, serving him and, and following him with all your heart, you know what I'm talking about. You find true life, and we're going to find it even more. We have proved that by this event that takes place in our glorified state, the way Moses and Elijah were found. I think Moses and Elijah understood that now. You know, uh, what more evidence did they need? And what more evidence do we need after seeing this event and what took place? What more evidence do we need that there is glory ahead for you and I if we follow Jesus Christ? He's already given us a glimpse of that glory in this passage. And he promises, he promises that he will come again in that glory. Matthew 24 Verse 30 and 31 says this, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Power and not just great glory, power and great glory. Okay, we get that mixed up. He'll be there. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. And then he says again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4, write this one down. Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, when Christ, who is our life, is he your life? When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That's the promise. You also will be revealed with him in glory. It's that same word, doxa. That's the promise. Do you want to be revealed in glory with Christ? Then today you want to listen to what Jesus says. You don't want to be ashamed of Jesus, and as Paul said, you don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. Jesus said that we need to put him first in our lives. First and foremost, that means above our family, our friends, material things, above anything else in our life. He is number one. Have you done that? Have you truly done that? If I were to sum this whole thing up, I would say it means that we need to be sold out to Jesus. 
Does that describe you and me today? Are we sold out to Jesus? Now, you know, of course, this isn't the only words of Jesus that we're to listen to. You know, we need to take heed of all that Jesus says, all that he says in the New Testament. Have you, have you ever done a red letter study? Do you have a red letter Bible? If you don't have one, get one. And just go through it and read the words of Jesus. What an amazing study that is to do. And, and I think if we all did that, and then if we all followed the words that Jesus said just in those red letters, I think revival would break out over the entire world. I really do. But are we listening to him? Now, one of the things that I, I really love most about this passage is what happens after God the Father speaks, and we see this in the Matthew account. If you want to flip over there real quick, Matthew 17. Matthew 17, starting in verse 6, says this. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified when they heard the Father speaking. And Jesus came to them. Now get this, underline this, highlight it, mark this, verse 7. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, get up, do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. Wow. He came to them and he touched them. He said, get up, don't be afraid. And when he did that, they didn't see anybody else, just Jesus they didn't see fear anymore. They just saw Jesus as Jesus touched them. And brothers and sisters in this building today, this is not for these three men alone. You know, if what you just heard about putting Jesus above your family, that's a hard thing to, to understand. Your friends, your job, everything. You might have got frightened. Maybe your knees were starting to buckle a little bit. The Father was speaking to you. Maybe you were thinking, I, I want to be sold out to Jesus, but I'm scared. I'm afraid to do it. I really want to adhere to the call that, that he's placed on my life, but I, I just don't know if I can give him everything. I don't know if I can give it all over to him. It's okay. Just tell him that. And he will come, and he will touch you, and he will say, don't be afraid, get up. He will encourage you. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, he will lift you up. There's nothing that he has ever asked you to do that he will not give you the power to do it. And, and I believe that this is what Jesus is saying to us, the church today. He's saying to us today, and God the Father is preceding that with listen to him. Listen to my beloved son. And this is what Jesus, I believe, is saying to you and to me today. He's saying to you and me, do not be afraid, my son. Fear not, my daughter, for I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. He's saying to you today, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's saying to you today, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. He's saying to you today, abide in me and I will abide in you. And as you abide in me, you will receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
And if you ask anything in my name, meaning according to my will, it will be given to you. He's saying to you today, you shall, you shall be my witnesses in your neighborhood, in your job, in your school, wherever you are, you shall be my witnesses. He's saying that to you today. He's saying to you today, I will uphold you with my mighty hand the same way I upheld Moses in the wilderness. He's saying to you and I today, love one another the way that I have loved you. Freely you have received, freely give. And finally, he's saying to you today, though the road may be difficult, finish the race and do not despair. For I will return and I will bring you unto myself and thus we shall be together for all eternity. This is what Jesus is saying to us, to you and to me, to the church today. Are we going to listen to him? Are we going to listen to him? Hey, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you about a new book that has just come out that I've written. It's called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, A Revealing Look at God's Armor. What this book is really about, it's written in a devotional style, and it's written to help you, the believer, to put on the full armor of God. One of the things that the armor of God speaks of is protection. And God has provided you armor to protect you against the typical ways that the enemy attacks. You have a belt of truth because the enemy is a liar. Each piece of armor is custom made to help you in the typical ways that the enemy attacks. Each piece of armor reflects God himself. He's the God of truth. He's righteous. He's the God of peace. All the pieces of the armor point to him. And they point to his provision to you, the believer, because he loves you. The reason God wants to protect you is because he's your father. He knows about the spiritual battle. He knows about the enemy. And he knows how you can be best protected and stand strong against temptation. Suit up, putting on the full armor of God. It's now available on Amazon. I want to get this book in your hands because I believe it's going to help you as a Christian to walk in strength to know how to put on the armor daily, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, and to experience more victory in your Christian life. Right now, you can get it on Amazon. It's Suit Up by Pastor Michael Lance. I would urge you to get the book today. Pastor Michael. And you know, when you're doing radio, it's a little hard to tell who's listening. At the Walk in Truth website, walkintruth.com, there is a contact form. Let us know who you are, where you listen, how long you've been listening, if we can answer any questions for you about your walk with Jesus, if we can pray for you, if we can help you find a good, healthy Bible teaching church, or whatever may apply. We'd love to hear from you. It would be a blessing to us. We read all of the uh, information that comes in through the contact form. Go to it today, walkintruth.com, and we look forward to hearing from you, walkintruth.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message in its entirety, or if you'd like to visit our church here in Corona, California, visit our website, walkintruth.com.